Hi everyone, welcome to Around the World in 80s Movies. My name is Vince Leo, I'm the author of the film review website Quipster.net. I invite you to check out over 4,000 of my written reviews, you can read there anytime. Quipster.net is where to go, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. While you're there, you can also find a link to my other podcast that I do that covers brand new movies out in theaters. It is called the Quipster Film Review Podcast. You can either find that link on my website or you can search for it wherever you're listening to this right now and you'll find it. Today we're going to be capping off the three-part series looking at films of the 1980s in which a main character gets amnesia, ends up living a different life, and it ends up changing their life. The previous two films were Desperately Seeking Susan and American Dreamer. This week we're going to be looking at Overboard from 1987. This one stars Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn with supporting roles going to Edward Herman, Catherine Hellman, Roddy McDowell, who produced the film, Mike Haggerty, Jared Rushton, Brian Price, and Jamie Wilde, the director Gary Marshall, and the screenplay credited to Leslie Dixon. It's a PG-rated film. It does have some brief nudity, sexual references, and language. I'd probably rate it PG-13 because it's a little more provocative. I didn't allow my daughter, who's seven years old, to see it. I was a little bit wary of it. The runtime is an hour and 46 minutes. Now, Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn, as I mentioned, are the stars, but they were a real-life couple at that time, and this would be the third of three films in which they appeared together. Swing Shift was the other one from the 1980s. It's kind of a loopy comedy, sort of a variation on Shakespeare's The Taming of the Shrew with this amnesia twist that makes the shrew forget that she is one. This is kind of an old-fashioned setup, even for its era. It pulls from these Frank Capra-esque comedies that stemmed all the way from Hollywood all the way back to the 1930s, where you had this rich and unattainable woman who would get knocked down to size by some rambunctious working-class gent who refused to kowtow to class differentials, very common in romantic comedies of years gone by. Goldie Hawn here playing the ultra-disdainful Joanna Slayton. Joanna hires a carpenter named Dean Prophet, played by, of course, Kurt Russell, while her and her husband on their yacht are stopping off for repairs off the coast of the small town of Elk Cove, Oregon. Mendocino, California substitutes for Oregon here. Her snobby hubby Grant is trying to take care of the details, and she's set to remodel her closet space in the interim for her extensive designer clothing collection. Joanna and Dean do not see eye-to-eye on his work. Joanna ends up refusing payment, and that leaves him walking away quite miffed, especially as she also tosses both him and his pricey tools overboard. He's not going to get those back anytime soon. Joanna ends up falling off the yacht herself, and that results in her eventually drifting ashore, of course, as I mentioned, with amnesia. Now, Grant, her husband, sees this kind of as an opportunity to sow some wild oats he hasn't sown for a while. So Dean, seeing her story on the news, observes this as a way to get payback by claiming that she is his wife, Annie, and he ends up making her do all of the household chores for him and his four bratty boys. Now, Joanna, as Annie, knows nothing about such matters, but soon she settles into the role that Dean tells her that she's always had. Eventually, the two begin to kind of grow some feelings for one another, but there's going to be a reckoning should she ever remember where she actually came from. It's a basic setup, but, you know, there's not really a lot to this film. Pleasures are mostly in watching the repartee between the two leads here. Overboard would mark an early screenplay credit for Leslie Dixon. Dixon was the granddaughter of famed photographer Dorothea Lange. 
This was the second feature in 1987 alone that she wrote the screenplay for. It came after the comedy Outrageous Fortune, which is a pretty big hit for her earlier in the year. The film, at least the idea of it, was based on a real incident in which this woman from Florida ended up washing ashore with amnesia. You combine that real story with another film some have compared to, the Italian romance called Swept Away. It's essentially a battle of the classes as to which one is the road to happiness, although it obviously chooses the path that there is more merit to being a working class parent and spouse than there is just in basking in the sun enjoying one's inheritance. The script here, I don't think it's anything remarkable, and I think of the elements in this film that have not dated that well, I think the screenplay is the biggest liability, given the old-fashioned assertion that women are deemed as better people when they're nurturers and willing to let the boys have all the fun, becoming the glue that ends up turning a house into a home. We've seen that for many, many, many decades, at least until relatively recently. Now, what sells this notion at all is that Joanna is shown as being pretty intolerable bully toward the beginning of the film, so she deserves some comeuppance for most people in the audience. But even then, it's only because of the acting by the two leads that really allows us to stand by this perpetual shaming going on to have a few chuckles at her expense, until the point where we even hope for a happy resolution for all of them in the end. I think the biggest asset of Overboard, as I mentioned, is the natural chemistry of the two leads, Goldie Hawn here delivering, I think, one of her best comedic roles. She's fantastic in the movie especially as you observe how her personality begins to shift in very subtle ways from the beginning of the film to the end to show this progression of her character arc from a really overbearing snoot toward the beginning to someone who actually begins to enjoy life when it isn't tethered to catering only to herself. It's pretty refreshing, I think, to see that she is still the royal pain in the ass, at least when she first gets her amnesia, despite not remembering who she is, because I think it would have been really implausible for her to be just completely in this other personality. Her gradual ability to find meaning to her life beyond money works for, I think, the piece overall. Good old boy, Kurt Russell, he really doesn't change that much throughout. He's kind of a passive parent who hasn't accepted the role of father well by the end of the film. I guess maybe that's the change in him. He thinks just bringing home the bacon is really all his responsibilities should be, but even he exhibits some sort of change, at least in how he perceives of Joanna, going from vengeful to sympathetic in a way that actually feels pretty genuine when it occurs. He even learns a thing or two about himself as far as how to be a better father than he had been, at least up to that point. Gary Marshall, the director, this is another successful romantic comedy while still in his prime as a filmmaker, partially successful because of his ability to tell his stories from a point of view that is usually sympathetic to the woman, even if they're not always what anyone might consider to be feminist treatments. Marshall's films don't really become classics for the era because of his art. His films are usually well-received because they have impeccable comedic timing, and he's willing to let his actors improvise and draw out solid physical and personality-driven performances that makes it really click, both as a comedy and as a romance. His handling of the character actors here, as well as drawing out funny performances from children without becoming overly toxic, is a pretty good gift to have for somebody making mainstream family fare, if you want to call this family fare, even if it is predictable and really treads little new ground. I think that Overboard passes the litmus test for any winning romantic comedy. It's funny, and we genuinely do want to see the protagonists end up together somehow. The late Gary Marshall has often stated that Overboard ranks as one of the funniest films that he's ever directed. 
Now, Overboard would be a modest disappointment despite its reputation today. At the time of its release, it garnered fairly lackluster reviews and it failed to rise above 7th place in any of its weeks of release. It resulted in only a $26 million overall take on a reported budget of about $22 million. So if you count marketing and all of that, it really kind of lost a little bit of money there. But despite this, it would go on to become a fan favorite once it hit the home video and cable markets. And there's a reason for that. It's sitcom antics feel much more at home at home where you can compare it to a lot of other comedies that were going on on television at the time. I think nowadays it's generally well regarded for fans, especially of 1980s comedies, and it's even garnered, like I mentioned, a 2018 remake to which Leslie Dixon gets a screenwriting credit even though she was not directly involved there because they used her script. This time, though, the genders are reversed, possibly to temper the gaslighting that does date the film in terms of gender dynamics. It's not quite as kosher today, but... As far as 1980s films go, it still is pretty funny, and Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell are delightful together. Enough for me to give it three stars out of four. Three stars on my scale means I do recommend it for people who are in the mood for a pretty funny comedy. If you love Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell especially, I think you're going to get a lot of mileage out of this because they are great. And I think the biggest reason why this film holds together at all, because you know, without that chemistry, I think this film would have been pretty mediocre at best. So three stars out of four goes to Overboard. And that ends it for the 1980s in terms of films where we look at comedies in which someone gets amnesia and then ends up living a different life and then ends up adopting a different life at the end of it once they get their memories back. So as far as what I'm going to be covering for the next trilogy of films, kind of in keeping here, it's not quite a comedy, although there is camp and there is satire to it. It kind of qualifies as a comedy, but I would really more lump this into the action thriller genre. It's another movie in which someone gets amnesia, although it's a little bit more tragic than what you see in these films. It is called Robocop, came out the same year as Overboard, 1987, and that's what I'm going to be reviewing for next week. So check out Robocop if you haven't seen it already. It is a crazy film. Know that it is very violent, crazy in all the best ways, I think. So that's just a little sneak peek as to how I feel about Robocop for next week. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget my website, quipster.net, where to go. Quipster is spelled with a W, not a U. But I do appreciate you joining me on this trip around the world in 80s movies. <laughs>